Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Well, hey, before we get this party started, I have some exciting news for you. If you're ready to get your book in front of an entirely new and fast-growing market, an audiobook would be perfect for you. Having an audiobook gives you the opportunity to get your book in front of more people while giving the listener a new way to hear your story in an intimate way. An estimated 131 million people listen to an audiobook in 2021. And do you know that the people that listen to audiobooks don't read print books? They only listen to audiobooks. So it's a whole new market for you to take advantage of. Leverage the opportunity of getting your book in front of millions of people by having an audiobook today. We can help you create one. Visit redemptionpressaudio.com for our introductory special. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am excited to introduce you to another new Redemption Press author, Jeannie Rodriguez, and her new book, When Hope Met Hopelessness powerful story. But before we go to that conversation, let me give her a proper introduction. Jeannie Rodriguez has served for over 25 years in women's ministry, including speaking at women's events and serving as the former women's director at Bayside Church in Lincoln, California. With a Master's of Arts in Pastoral Care to women from Western Seminary, Jeannie has a passion for helping women know Jesus and experience his love. She is currently the CEO of the Crystal Rodriguez Memorial Scholarship Fund, which was founded by her son after the death of his wife. So let's roll that conversation. Well, thank you for having me on, uh, Athena. Absolutely. Thank you and welcome to the All Things Podcast. It is just a delight to be able to have you on and have our audience hear your story and all that God has done. So um, because my first question about how God has worked all things, even the hard things together for good in your life, since that is so intricately woven into your story, I would love for you to just take one aspect of how he worked good out of that pain And let's start there, and then we'll jump into your questions. Okay. Well, as the book is, When Hope Met Hopelessness, and it's about my uh, daughter-in-law. In In fact, uh, they had gotten married to my youngest son, and uh, 12 days after the wedding, and the day before coming home from their honeymoon, they went parasailing, and there was a malfunction, and they both fell from the highest point. And she died and he was, they weren't even sure if he was going to make it. And so um, from that, my, my son did survive um, over six weeks in ICU and in hospitals. Um, but later on, Victor, my son, wanted to honor her. 
And Crystal loved school. She's one of those unusual people, just absolutely not only just take, took classes that she had to, but took classes just to learn. And so, um, and she had a great, you know, as far as high school days. So what he decided to do was to start a nonprofit. And it was, it's called the Crystal Rodriguez Memorial Scholarship Fund, or as we call it, the CRMSF. <laughs> and what we do is we give um, $1,500 uh, for um, each student. Well, they, they apply, seniors who want to further their education but need financial help. And we have certain criterias for it, but the key also is financial help. And so uh, uh, we have a board, there's 10 of us, Victor's the president, um, his dad and I are on it. And then uh, in fact, um, we have seven other people on the board. And currently this is going to going into our 11th year. We have one major fundraiser, it's our golf tournament. And uh, plus people donate throughout the year. They just, mm. uh, the Lord just puts them on, on their heart to, to give us money. But in our first year, we gave two $1,500 scholarships, so $3,000. Wow. Uh, currently, as of this year, our 10th anniversary, we, uh, we, we gave 16 scholarships this year and a total of over $115,000 in Crystal's name. Wow. And so uh, we hear back from these students how it really helped. You know, $1,500, you know, it, the cost of education is high, but to know that you don't have to, you don't have to worry about your books. Books are so expensive, and those who are going to the community colleges, it pretty much takes care of of the first year here in California. So uh, that's one good thing that has come from it, um, and we just keep her memory alive. Mm, I love that, and just the way that you've got, like the ripple effect. That one death has now planted into the learning and the just the skill set and, you know, that thing that was precious to her. It's making waves and ripples throughout those people and the people they touch. I yes. love that. Yes. Wow. So I think it's over 83 students, something like that. We have we have given scholarships. So the Lord really has blessed it. In fact, our first golf tournament, we had uh, 34 people. And now it is always sold out to 144. We have sponsorships. In fact, our 11th one is coming up October 1st of, of, uh, of this year. Uh, those in California, it's in Lincoln Hills. Uh, come out and golf with us. Amen. <laughs> hey, I love that. Okay, so we're going to like segue into... Just some questions for you about the book, about the story that you're telling in the book, um, just so people can get um, an idea of just what an amazing story it is. So you say that Crystal was like a daughter you never had. Tell us a little bit more about her, some of the memories you have of her, how she was like your daughter, what you miss about her. You know, Crystal was um, uh, was such a gem. Uh, she had such a personality and this smile that when she entered a room, really, it just lit up. Uh, she just loved people. Uh, she loved our family. Um, she had, as far as ambitious and yet 
she was she was so hardworking. There were at one time she had seven little part-time jobs while she was going to school full time and yet made time for not only Victor, um, uh, but as far as for me, for Ruben, my husband, and for um, my son, my oldest son, Kevin. And um, we would spend time together as a family. And she would, uh, even though she had an apartment with a couple of girlfriends, uh, so many times I'd come home and she'd be just sitting on the couch, just doing her homework. It was, she was always there. We would take her on vacation. And this is before they were even engaged. She was just part of our family. We took her to New York City. There was a family wedding and, you know, she got to meet everyone back East in New York and New Jersey. And of course, all of them were saying to Victor, you got to marry this girl because she just had this, this personality. And um, uh, I think one of the, um, my fondest moments is that when she was engaged, they were engaged and I get this call and she said, you got to come over, you got to come over. Uh, I just wore a few dresses. So I went over and she got dresses, one for the dress rehearsal and two for the Bahamas where they were going. And she tried them on each one, twir really just twirling around. And it just made my heart so full that she would want me to be there to experience this with her. Um, I would bring a, a you know, women's retreat. Uh, I brought it to first women's retreat. Um, there was a lot of firsts. We had our favorite restaurants. She was, she was the daughter we never had. And we made plans. We made all mm. kinds of plans. Mm. Wow. So why then did you decide to write the book and, and what was the process like as you had to relive all of that grief, all those dark times following her death and Victor's injury, but also the ways you experienced hope as you wrote that memoir? Athena, you know, what's interesting was um, I didn't want to write the book. Mm -mm. Okay. I cannot tell you how many people would say you should write a book. And I'd say, I, I'm not. And uh, I would get angry inside because it's like, I'm grieving. I'm so devastated. And, and they're telling me I should write a book. And, and I, I understood their heart because one of the things I love to do is, when, is share what the Lord is doing in my life. And he kept on interceding and in, in, in helping us during this dark time. And I would share that. And then people would say, you should write a book. And so... Um, for the two years later, uh, I was doing a, a breakout at a retreat and uh, I was they wanted me to teach on hope and on trust. Mm. And I had shared a it, it's in, in my book, but I had shared one of the most uh, devastating, uh, darkest moments out of. And there was lots of dark moments, but this was like the darkest. And at the end, I shared it. And without even, it wasn't in my notes or anything, but all of a sudden I said, that's when hope met hopelessness. That's when God met me. And I continued on. Later on, I'm in the uh, uh, lunchroom and this lady, I, I didn't know her, but she, I'm walking by and she kind of pulled me back. You know, She said, I took your, your breakout and it really helped me. And, and I said, I'm so glad, you know, and she talked some more. And then she said, when you write your book, <laughs> and I said, I'm, I'm not writing a book. 
And she goes, no, no, but when you write the book, the title could be <laughs> When Hope Met Hopelessness. So I just smiled and I, and I said, okay. And I walked away thinking, I'm not writing a book. But if I did, that is a great title. <laughs> well, three years later, um, so now five years, I still haven't even put a word on, on paper. Still had no intentions of writing a book. Someone else gave me a book. You know, during this season also, people like to give you books to help you with your grieving process and, and uh, to comfort you. And some books are, are great and some are not. Uh, but this particular book had different stories at, for different seasons. And so this one, I was reading it, and she talked about getting a phone call. And it was uh, that phone call that you, you, you never want to receive. So she had me right there because I knew what she was talking about. And she got news that her best friend had died and how she fell to her knees just sobbing. And, and she had me. Uh, it was like I felt her pain. But then she said, and I found myself on my back doing angels, laughing, thinking she's in, she's with the Lord. And I tell you, Athena, I was so angry mm. because that's not how 99.9 .9 of the people react. There is a grieving process. And what I didn't, all of a sudden I realized if someone's reading this who is grieving, I don't want them to say, what's wrong with me? Right, right. And just as, as the opposite, if someone knows someone who's grieving, them saying, what's wrong with them? Right. And so that's when I decided I'm mm -hmm. going to write a book. And so, and do you know, it took me almost five years from beginning to end. And part of the reason is this. Um, I would go, it would be painful. I pulled out, I had took journal. I had written everything down. So you're reading it and you're reliving it. But the longest point, uh, I have a Bible study. I've been, we've been together for 25 years. And after one of the, one of our Bible study, uh, my friend Debbie had said to me, um, hey, we haven't heard anything about your book. How's it coming along? And I said, you know, Debbie, it's, it's been like eight months that I haven't been able to write. Every time I go to click it, to open it, I, I just can't. I don't know why. She said, well, what are you writing about? I said, I don't know. And, you know, I I had my 24 chapters already outlined as far as title-wise. Mm -hmm. She goes, can you do me a favor? She says, go, when, go back home. Just open it up to give me the title so I can pray for you. And I thought, you know, I can do that. I can do that. So I went and opened it up, pulled it up, chapter 14, Crystal's Memorial. And it was like, it's like almost inside knew, as far as within my spirit, knew what I had to face. Mm. And the timing was perfect in the sense that Ruben was away uh, for the day. And um, someone had actually videoed the memorial, Crystal's Memorial. And I had never viewed it, uh, but we had it. And I remember taking it down and putting it on. And I'd watch it so long, I'd stop, I'd cry, I'd write. Watch a little bit more, stop, I'd cry, I'd write. Literally eight hours the whole day, I was ran out of tears and ran out of tissues. Um, but I was able, and once I passed that, things speeded up a little bit. But there would be these little breaks where I just couldn't write. Mm. 
Mm. I just couldn't write. And so, and then rewriting and then rewriting. And then <laughs> um, but it was very cathartic for me. Mm. Yeah. It really was. It really was. And even to this day, when I would uh, read it just for editing, uh, there were some parts, uh, even here five years later, I'd still cry. I'd yeah. still cry. Um, and so, uh, so, like I said, in the beginning, I had no intentions of writing. And 10 years later, I have a book. <laughs> wow. So you're honest in your book about not understanding God's plan in tragedy but pointing out that even if he did allow us to understand, it would still not remove the hurt and the pain. So good. What would you say to those who are questioning God about why he allows bad things to happen? And perhaps to those who are mad at God for not preventing the tragedy in our life? You know, I, I so grappled with this for so, so long. There are things that we would never understand. There's just, we just won't understand, but we do know our days are numbered and God knows those numbers. And as far as it can be as young as 22 or even younger, you know, I've gotten to the age now where, you know, where I hear someone who is 60 who dies, I think, oh, that's so young. <laughs> I think as we get older. And so um, the, the thing is, is that there is a reason we would never understand, but I like, I look at crystals as far as she, God really blessed her, especially in her, her later years. And, um, and we, we were able to just uh, be blessed through her mm-hmm. um, and through her death. Now here's the interesting, because I know she's with the Lord. She loved the Lord. So we know she's with the Lord. And I, I often, I say this, uh, that if God answered my prayer and brought her back down, you know, we know that won't happen. But if he did, she would be so mad at me. <laughs> right. She would be so mad at me. We, we you know, we all want to go to heaven. We just, we just don't want to suffer. We don't want to die. Um, and really, it is the hardest on those left behind. Yes. God kept on reminding me, and it's in the book, different times that he has her she is with him and there's no pain she is in his glory she has the love his love I mean everything we want she has but it is hard for us because we have so many dreams with them and so much so much hope for what they're going to do you know, uh, in, in the book, you know, one of the things I say, you know, why didn't you let us have her longer? Mm-hmm. So she could be a mom, you know, right. so we can go on those vaca- vacations that we talked about, you know, that we could do all the things that we had hoped for that she, she was, uh, I think less than a year away from getting her degree. You know, why didn't you let her finish her degree? There's so many things that we, why, why, why we would never know the answer, but God does. And that's where trust comes. That's mm-hmm. where faith comes, that we know where she is and we just need to um, see what the Lord wants us to do with that. Mm, that's so good. So in your book, you write of a different verse in Romans <laughs> where it talks about hope that does not disappoint. Was there a turning point for you where hopelessness turned into hope? And you didn't 
then view your loss as disappointment with God? You, you know, there was there wasn't one particular several i think god just had to keep on doing things to to remind me but i think the uh, uh the the big thing was i had my hope and even though you know the bible i know the bible but when you're in grief mm. when you you have devastating you know uh things in your life you sometimes forget really what the word is saying and so when when I would think of that scripture verse, how hope does not disappoint, and I'm thinking, but I am disappointed. All my hope of, of spending time with Crystal, of going on vacations, of being a grandma. I mean, I could go on and on, all these hopes. Um, and they weren't coming, then they weren't gonna come. And how can how can the Bible say that there's with hope, you know, that um, it does not disappoint? But it wasn't to a friend. Uh, in fact, we were studying a book on hope, <laughs> and I struggled so with it. And one, of my friend Joanna said to me, "Your hope was in your hope has a face." That's what she said. Your hope has a face, and it's crystal. Mm. And our hope is not in a person, not mm. in a. It's in Jesus, and that's why. There's no disappointment because if we hope in Jesus, he does not disappoint. Mm. And so that was, there was different things that the Lord used, but that was like such a key that I realized that's right. I'm my, I was like my hope, hoping for things and she's not there, but my hope is in Jesus. Mm. And that is the, that was a big turnaround. I love that. Well, we are out of time. And so I want to make sure that if we've got some people listening today that would like to connect with you, um, where is the best place for them to do that? Website, social media, where's the best yes, place? Yes. And I would love, I would love to contact as far as being in contact with people. I have a website. Uh, it's uh, J-E-A-N-N-E dash Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z.com. And on that website, uh, it has many things. It has a thing about my book. It has, as far as speaking, I love speaking as far as retreats, conferences. Uh, but there's also one connect. Mm. And so if they want to shoot me a message, if they, if they want to talk to me, when they shoot me the message, tell me what they like, their telephone number, and I'll call them. Mm. You know, mm. anyway, if they want to communicate email, my email is basically uh, very similar. In fact, all the information is on the back of my book. But as far as it's uh, Gene, uh, as far as my uh, email is J-E-A-N and then F as in Frank Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z uh, uh, at Comcast.net. Great. And we have all that in the show notes as well. Okay. So Perfect. I would, you know, like I said, I've been, since the, the book has come out, uh, so many people have read it already. Uh, one of the things I'm finding, because initially I did a pre-order to people, mm -hmm. people and um, I had uh, one person who ordered 10 because she knew a lot of people. Then she ordered another six and then she ordered another three and i'm finding you know i just i just mm. got another lots of people doing reorders because once they read it and they realize i'm getting people not only for the loss of 
a death in the family, but people are resonating just a death of a vision. Yep. You know, as far as addiction in the family, you know, things that they had not planned on. And here it is. And that they're contacting me saying how it's really helping them. And that blesses me. That's the whole purpose is to minister to people. Well, and with COVID and all the, you know, the new normals and so much that people lost during that time. I mean, that's exactly the kind of book that you want to buy five or 10 copies, have it in your car. So you always have it as a resource to minister to the people. Because sometimes if we haven't gone through something like that, we feel awkward. We don't, you know, we, we can't, we can't say, well, I understand how you feel because we don't. don't. But if we can say, you know what? I just read this book. It really helped me understand what you're going through. And I think it'll really speak to you. I want to give you a copy. So great gift idea for those of uh, you who are listening today. And uh, Jeannie. One of, the, one of the things I just want to point out is, and I was so blessed, for those who remember Women of Faith, Nicole Johnson, uh, she actually did the foreword of my book. And uh, she was such a, a blessing to me and an encourager, too. Mm, nice. Well, it has just been delightful, Jeannie, to have you on today and to hear uh, more about the story and how just all that God has done to really um, minister out of that pain to allow you an opportunity, a very unique opportunity to minister to others and provide hope in that hopelessness where they're still there. Yep. And uh, I just love that. Thank you so much for being with us today. And God bless your ministry. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, Athena. You bet. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.